Welcome to the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Alicia. Greatness is a decision and your birthright. You deserve to love the woman looking back at you in the mirror. This show is for the purpose-driven female entrepreneur who is committed to only counting the time she gets back up. The woman who is ready to ignite the flame within, find her voice, and use the power of her story to transform the lives of those around her. This is your weekly fuel to inspire you to action, where I'll be sharing inspirational stories, real talks with thought leaders and successful entrepreneurs from around the world, and provide you with actionable success strategies for creating a business you love. I'm a content marketing coach, and I'm committed to helping you as an online creator and entrepreneur wherever you are to turn your dreams into a reality, to help you transform your messaging so you can create a genuine connection with your audience and grow your income online. You are far more powerful and stronger than you will ever imagine. We are the warriors. You were born for this. Let's make life your bitch. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. I am your host, Brittany Alicia. And today I have Crystal Thompson here with me. She is a human design reader. She is the woman behind the Aura Lab. And I did ask her before she jumped on, how do you want me to introduce you? And she said one of her biggest things that she wants to make sure that women are able to do is actually understand their charts and actually know how to utilize it versus like, okay, so now you have it. That's pretty, but like, let's move on. Um, so I love that. Um, the key thing that we're going to talk about today though, is projectors. Um, that's what we're going to focus on. Of course, I'm a projector, so I'm super excited about this conversation, but welcome Crystal. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. That's awesome. So how did you get into human design? <laughs> so I, the first time I heard about it was maybe, maybe five or six years ago. The first person that kind of like showed up in my world and was talking about it was Jenna Zoe. I heard her on a podcast and then I heard her on like every other podcast I was listening to at that time. And when I first heard it, heard about human design, I was like, nope not interested. <laughs> Bullshit. Nope, absolutely not. Like I just thought it was another personality test. And I was like, I just, I was so against it when I first heard about it. And then this woman, Jenna Zoe, she kept showing up, showing up on these podcasts, showing up on more podcasts. And what really stood out to me, I had this contrast of like, I wasn't interested in what she was talking about. I didn't feel myself drawn to human design, but the way that she showed up in her own embodiment was really stark to me. She was in such ease, such peace, such embodiment, which is who she was. And I heard her enough times where I was like, all right, <laughs> I really admire the way this woman is being. And that's enough for me to get a little bit curious about what she's talking about. And the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you even begin learning about it? I went completely personal first. So I only really worked with my own chart at the beginning as purely an experiment. And that's actually language that's really common in the system. We call it the experiment because you have to learn in real time. You have to try in real time. This isn't just something that you read once and then suddenly you've got it and it's all present in your life forevermore. Like it's something you really have to be willing to sandbox and trial and error your way into embodying. So I just worked with two elements of my design first. I'm, a, I'm an emotional generator. 
And I started there. That is all I did. Like all I thought about, all I explored for the first probably three years. And all I was doing was listening to her talk on different podcasts and maybe reading an article every now and then or watching a YouTube video every now and then. But I was totally keyed into what does it mean to live from my sacral and how does my emotional authority play into that? And I only did that for years and everything in my life changed. So I was like, okay, there's something here. I'm interested. You have my attention, human design. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what do you mean? Everything changed? Elaborate. Oh my gosh. So I was, I didn't know this at the time, but once I started really working with the system and really seeing my energy change, I had been burnt out for years, like just perpetually in a state of burnout. And to a point where it just became normal for me. I was like, this is just what life is. This is just how it feels to be a human nothing wrong here. And then I started working with the sacral yes and no, and specifically saying no to things that were really no's. I am, I come from a long line of people pleasers and codependents. And it was so hard for me to just say no to simple things, tiny things like, do you want to have lunch? No, I really don't. But I would be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah, no, that sounds like a terrible idea. Let's not do that. (laughs) Such small things like that, that really add up, right? So I started saying no, where I really meant no. And then suddenly I found my burnout was sinking. My burnout was dissipating. My burnout was getting better. I was having more energy. I was getting excited for things again. I was creating in my spare time because I wanted to instead of like binging out with Netflix or whatever. So little things at first, right? And then suddenly those little things all kind of compounded. And then I found myself ready to start my own business, which is something I'd been dreaming about for years. So it's like, when you start working with it, when you start working with your chart, if you really let yourself work with it, little bits of energy come back day by day. It's it's slow and progressive at the beginning, but then you have this moment where you realize you have more energy than you've had in years, and then everything opens. Then you start to step forward into creating whatever it is that you're excited about at that point in your life. Mm-hmm. And do you find, like, I know I'm just asking a quick, quick question about generators. Do you find they're very busy? My daughter is, like, coming up on five months old. And it's, like, she's, like, in her jolly jumper. And it's, like, 15 minutes. And then she's, like, now she needs to do something else. Like, she constantly needs to be busy. And I'm, like, is this just babies? Or, like, I feel like this is her human design being, like, hello. (laughs) Totally. Totally. I would say there's there's nuance there based on other elements of the chart because yes, I'm a generator, but I have a lot of space in my chart. But some generators might have a ton of concentrated energy right in the middle. Like that might be the case for your daughter. Yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah, it's really common with manifesting generators, especially like that is them to a T what you've just said, the kind of constant jumping in the baby bouncer. <laughs> but yeah, generators too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's a generator, but like she's lit up like all the way down. Whereas like for yes. me, my chart is completely open. Like it's crazy wow. how open it is. Wow. Do you have mental authority? What's where's your definition? Self um, self-projected projector. Self-projected okay. projector. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um actually I can quickly show you my chart here. Yeah. Um not that I want you to go down the rabbit hole of my chart because I no, do want to talk. It's helpful. I want 
Yeah, I want to be able to talk to like talk to the sense of projectors as a whole. But yeah, yeah. that is my chart there. <laughs> Beautiful. No, it's good. It's good. It's good to see it because there's I think it's really awesome in podcast situations to be able to speak to the elements of your chart in particular because your people, your audience know your energy. So we can make these really nice links so that they can kind of see embodied examples of certain things. Well, I think the cool thing too about I like, or one of the things that I've really noticed for myself as a projector is that especially understanding, like getting more and more knowledge around human design, I'm like, by no means, like, you know, know about it, know about it. But, um, you know, especially when it comes to business is really understanding that the way I teach isn't everyone else. Um, you know, I think it would be really cool for any client I have coming into my world to have like something teamed up with like a human design reader. That way it's like they've done their human design and I understand them better because I'm always someone who it's like, you know, I can teach you my way. I can teach you my strategy. But if you're like, you know, that inner fuck, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I want to make sure I have something else for you uh, because that's one of the issues that I had with a former coach is, and I mean, she was a projector, but it's like, she 100% was like, you don't need to do all these things, but she never told me what to do instead. And it was like, totally threw me off. So, um, I think, I think because of that, it's, you know, understanding ourselves is so important. Yes, exactly. What you just described is actually how I got into working with human design with other people. So I had no intention of making this my work and of making this the way that I worked with women. I was already coaching, but I was doing business coaching kind of, I thought I was doing business coaching. It was really self-worth coaching because it's the same thing, right? It doesn't matter how many strategies you have. It doesn't matter how good your product is. If you don't feel worthy of offering what you have, it doesn't matter. Your business isn't going to work. So I was doing that in the past and I had a client come to me and say, I really want to do your mentorship program. I know I'm a projector and I don't know what that means, but I know it means I'm different and I really want to work from that base. I know that you have worked with your personal chart a lot over the last few years. Would you be willing to bring my human design into our container? And I said, sure, like if you are down with me kind of learning in real time, because I didn't really speak the full language yet, I really just knew my own chart, then we can do that. And in our very first session, she and I got to places that I was used to getting to with clients after like three or four. And I was like, oh, there is really something here because she knew she had been conditioned to work and be in a way that wasn't in alignment with her. And we're not one size fits all. Nothing is one size fits all. And that's what I love so much about this system. When you work with a reader, when you work with a coach that's using this, you get the codes of what's in you and the best readers are going to help you activate that for yourself and feel empowered to be your individual self. Because there's no, like you said, even projector to projector, her method isn't necessarily going to work for yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> if we were to go down like that rabbit hole of like, you know, what is like, you know, for me, it's like I've done a little bit on it, but you know, even for anyone listening who it's like, okay, so 
Brittany gave me a link. I did my human design chart. Now, like, what the fuck does all of this mean? So, like, (laughs) (laughs) tell us what a projector is. (laughs) Yes, yes. So I feel like, okay, so if this is your first rodeo in human design, when we're talking about projector, we're talking about energy type, and that's really the entry point into the system. So even if you just work with that, like I said, when I first started working with my chart, I only worked with my energy type first. That was it. And then once I felt like I really understood the energetics of my energy type, I went forward into my authority. So you can start there and change your life with just that piece. So there's five energy types and how they're determined is based on how your energy center, so the shapes in your body graph, how they're colored in is what determines your energy type. So five, right? We have five different types. Projector is one of the five. I know you said you're going to have another episode where someone kind of gives a big overview, but I think it's really helpful to do that really quickly just to get a sense of how they all work together. Because my mm-hmm. intention in in sharing human design is making sure every single woman I come in contact with knows that they have everything within them to be successful. We have different flavors of that and different versions of that based on our chart, but you have absolutely everything you need. And I think it's really beautiful to kind of zoom out and look at it from a bigger perspective. So for the energy types, I think about human design. Human design is like an ecosystem, right? Us as humans, we are here living life. We are here moving life forward. That's what animals do, right? We move life forward. We're here to evolve. That is literally the purpose of life. So when you think about human design from that perspective, every energy type has a part of that process. So manifestors is kind of where we start. These are the ones that initiate the evolution. These are the people that start the movement. These are the people that introduce the new system. These are the people that start things. The founder of human design was a manifester. So that's an example of that, right? Generators and manifesting generators are the ones that move that evolution forward. So we get excited about whatever we're here to get excited about. For me, it happens to be human design. For you, if you're a generator or an MG listening, you might it might be pottery, it might be parenting, it could be anything. Whatever you're excited about evolving and moving forward, whatever lights you up from the inside, That's what you're here to do in the large global sense of evolution. Now, projectors, projectors are the ones that are sort of the, they're kind of birds on the wire. Like that's the sort of metaphorical energy of a projector. You guys are the ones that are looking down from above, not in a hierarchical way, just in you have this incredible ability to see things from a bird's eye view. Generators and MGs and manifestors are on the ground. Projectors are above looking down. And again, not hierarchy. It's just the way your vision works. So your role in evolution is helping us tweak. Projectors can see things that no one else can see. So us generators and MGs down on the ground, we're running around like energizer bunnies, like you said, like your daughter. We're always moving. We're always creating. We're always doing something. And a projector says, hey, from my vantage point, I can see you could be doing this specific thing a little bit more efficiently. Or if you just tweaked that, you would have more joy or whatever it is, right? You guys are the ones that help us fine tune whatever evolution we're currently moving through. Which I love that because, I mean, and I think sometimes as projectors, we don't even realize it, but we're like, how can you not see this? (laughs) If you would just change this one 
thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is such an important thing to note. That is something every single projector listening has experienced where they're like, this is so clear to me. This is crystal clear to me. Why aren't you seeing what I'm seeing? And it's literally because you guys have different purposes in the evolution, right? And I think one of the most complicated things about projectors, well, for myself, it's like, okay, I can see it all. But then also, I'm not supposed to give my advice unless I'm invited. And it's like, what is this? (laughs) Like, why can't life be easier? (laughs) (laughs) I let's talk about that because, okay, before we do, because that that is everything. This exactly what you just touched on is one of, it feels like a personal charge in my body of like part of my mission as someone who's spreading the the specific evolution of human design is helping projectors see that your authority, which is waiting for the invitation or not, I'm sorry, not your authority, your strategy, which is waiting for the invitation is actually here to protect you. Like it is such a gorgeous elegant mechanism, but the way that it's taught makes projectors feel like they're powerless and nothing could be farther from the truth. So I really want to go into that, but I don't want to leave reflectors out because I said there's five energy Mm -hmm. types. We didn't talk about reflectors. So again, when you're thinking about evolution, there's something new being introduced into the collective. So the manifestor initiates the generators and MGs propel it and move it forward with our excitement and with our yes and our body, the projectors tweak. And then when the evolution is complete, the reflectors reflect that back to us. And then a new thing gets initiated. So reflectors are super rare. They're about 1% of the population because we don't need new things to be going on all the time. Right. I think that's a lot of what we're seeing right now. This is something I think about a lot as we're kind of coming up to the big 2027 shift, which you and I are going to talk about in another episode. We're really looking at what is the difference between smart energy and overextended energy or pushing for the sake of pushing. And so that's why there aren't more reflectors because we just don't need to be initiating that much stuff. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's like, can we simplify things a little bit, people? Yes, (laughs) yes. Mastery before moving on, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so your strategy, the projector Mm -hmm. strategy. I I wish I could like bottle up the feeling of my sacral being turned on and just like fairy dust it over everyone so that you you guys could feel it. (laughs) (laughs) So every energy type has a strategy. And basically, in like most basic terms, what your strategy is, is the way you are designed to manifest the end. Like that is what it is for projectors. Your energy is super subtle internally. It is gentle internally and it is sensitive internally. When you project out, when you like, once you see the thing, you know, like there is total clarity in your energy. When you see the thing you're supposed to see as a projector, you know, there is no doubt in your mind. And then it becomes very directed energy. But when you're within, when you're just kind of in your aura, your energy is super sensitive because you're constantly perceiving what's around you. Like I hear this from projectors all the time. I can't turn it off. I just see it everywhere. (laughs) And is it one of those things where it's like, I just feel everything. Like, is that a projector thing? (laughs) Well, for you specifically, because you have so many open centers in your chart. Mm -hmm. So open centers are places where we're really perceiving the energy of others. And for you, that's seven out of nine. 
So you have a lot, right? You're taking in energy from a lot of different places, which makes you that much more powerful because the more open centers a projector has, the more you can actually perceive and guide and tweak. But the reason your strategy is waiting for the invitation, because your energy is so sensitive. And again, that is not a weakness. That is your power. Because when you sit down with someone or with people that have given you that invitation, you can literally change their lives in 10 minutes. That is not a weakness. The reason the invitation process is there is so you don't get burnt out explaining yourself to people that aren't meant for you. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like it is such a gorgeous, elegant mechanism. So how it works, there's a, a step in the strategy of projectors that I think is not, is like left out of the conversation. And I really want to demystify that. For projectors, your energy is all about vision. Your aura is all about vision. What do you see that's needed in the collective? But also, do you see yourself as someone who's worthy of stepping forward into that role, right? You have to see yourself first in order for others to see you. So if you see yourself in the way, like in the kind of in the realm and the role of your highest self, you're letting yourself be seen the way you truly want to be seen. When other people see that and recognize that you have something, you have the specific thing that they're looking for, then the invitation comes through and it goes. You don't have to do this back and forth where it's like, do they do they see the specific way that I see things? Is it a match? Do I need to explain myself? There's none of that. All of that is done for you energetically when you are being your true self as a projector. It's so beautiful. And, you know, I love that you say that because even just the progression of my business in the last few years is, you know, I made the decision to stop treating my business like a hobby at the end of 2020. Um, and in 2021, I was like, I can help women hit 10 K months. Well, mm. I'm helping these women hit 10 K months, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, but some of them aren't. And yeah. all of a sudden I'm like, it's coming forth more and more and I'm blaming myself. And then mm. truthfully, there was some of my clients who were like, they were getting so successful by like me helping them. Then I started questioning, well, is it me actually helping them? Or, mm. you know, it was like all this weight came down and I totally like jumped into working with other coaches because I was like, there's something broken in me. And, mm. you know, from doing that, it like I started focusing on, it was like, I totally pivoted. I'm like, okay, so helping these women with strategy isn't feeling good to me because I'm feeling like, do I really know this? And then it's like, I went to the mindset side of things and it's just been in the last like few weeks that I've been like, so frustrated with what I'm seeing online now in the coaching industry and the women I'm talking to who they appear that they're very successful but behind the scenes, you're seeing that they're really struggling in their businesses. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, this has pissed me off to the point that I'm going all in on helping women hit 10K months. I know that I'm capable of it. And it's like what you were saying, the reason I bring it up is because what you were saying is like, once you own that within yourself, it's like, and there's no going back. And it's like, you know, I've come full circle. But the really cool thing is throughout the whole process, I'm, I've always been someone who it's like, I know this is a season, like it's not a forever I'm broken sort of thing. So I think going through all the mindset pieces of things, especially with me having all those open centers and feeling it all is, has really allowed me to um, now be able to bring 
both the strategy and mindset into business. Like before I was very black and white. And now it's like, I have this deeper understanding of one strategy does not work for everyone else. One energy, like, you know, raising your vibration doesn't work for everyone else. And I think, you know, with the open centers, I think I had to feel it all in order to understand it. And I'm, I'm, I am, I'm someone who's like, I'm so grateful for that. And it's been really interesting. Cause I mean, of course, there's been women who have left my world and stopped following me, but you know, especially lately, like being totally open and straightforward within my content, like I have women dropping into my DMS who are like, thank you so much for saying this stuff. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, but there was so much fear that it was like, I was going to be too harsh and, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it is, it's like trying to be every, like be for everyone. Like you were like what you were saying. And it's like, you know, I think, um, you know, I'm sure you have so much to share, but I think of like the one thing that I hear so much with projectors is how do I sell without being invited or like, you know, and needing to be invited. I don't know if you've heard that before, but I find like a lot of women in business, that's what they're constantly asking me. Yes. Yes. I love that we are going here. Yes. So I think about it from like, let's use an example of if you're, if Facebook is your chosen kind of selling platform, like that's where you, that's where you share your work. Your example of feeling, experiencing this doubt and feeling like you needed to kind of like wheel it back a little bit and process through the things on kind of on your own. If you try to sell from those places where you aren't totally in alignment within yourself, like again, for projectors, every single energy type has uh, the word karma, I think has a lot of weird uh, things attached to it sometimes, but I see it as like something you came to balance in your soul's energy for projectors. It's self-trust it's self-trust and also self-vision, like self-actualization in a way that like the way that I see myself is safe and real and that my self-vision is more true than how anyone else is perceiving me. So it starts there. Are you truly, truly, truly aligned with what it is you're offering? And if you are, then talk about it because that is the first part of the sequence for for manifestation for projectors. People have to be able to see you It's all about vision for projectors. People have to be able to see you. If you're hiding, they can't send you an invitation. Think about if you don't have an address listed. Even if someone wants to invite you, they can't, right? It's the same thing. You have to be visible in whatever way feels good to you. And as long as that alignment is true within yourself with what you're selling and what you're offering, your invitations will come. No question. If you feel like things are moving slowly and you're a projector in your business, ask yourself, am I hiding? Am I wearing a mask anywhere in my business? If I am, we start there. If not, am I letting myself be visible? Am I really talking about what it is I'm here to do? Am I really letting people see the magic that I have within me and the shifts that are happening with the women that I'm working with or whatever it is that you do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's one thing for me because I can, of course, like get so wrapped up in like, am I, you know, because I fall into that, like, okay, so I'm supposed to be invited. So am I supposed to share tips? Am I supposed to share that information? And I think like for me, it's just like you said, it's, you need to trust yourself. And if that feels really, if that feels really good to me, then I need to do that because, 
you know, I'm a firm believer in no like and trust. And I like I'm seeing so many people in the coaching industry right now um, using hu- human design in a shit way, which is yeah. why I wanted to do a series on it. And so I'm seeing them do this. I look at what their design is and they get so kerfuffled around it. But I'm yeah. also seeing in the industry where people are like, um, you know, when it comes to the engagement ladder sort of thing, it's like people come in and you get them to follow you. They're engaging and they're liking and you're like dropping down to making an offer. And then you're wondering why no one is buying. It's like, cause they don't trust you. because I'm seeing women like you know with the one coach that I had worked with she's like you don't need to you know give out any free information you don't need to do this Mm -hmm. and that and it's like yeah but I don't have the kind of following and audience that you have Mm -hmm. you know like it's and I think because of it it does so many people a disservice by throwing out blanket statements like that and Mm -hmm. for her for her, she's making seven figures, multiple seven figures, but working with women who aren't even making five figures. And, Mm. and so I think people forget like what got them to where they are and they don't see, like they don't see it. And what are your thoughts on this? Like for projectors, I think we need projector friends to come in because I think as a projector, we, we still get caught up in like, you know, our own blinders. Yeah, totally. I think a huge part of this, of the embodiment journey, like regardless of your energy type, regardless if you're even talking about human design, the embodiment journey needs to be normalized. And so if you are a projector surrounded by sacral beings, you're going to feel like a weirdo just because you're the only one in the group. It doesn't mean it's true, but it's natural. And then the exact opposite, right? If I'm a generator in a group of projectors, if that's the only thing I've ever known, of course, I'm going to tell myself there's something wrong with me. Because if I'm comparing myself to people around me and no one is reflecting back what I'm experiencing, of course, we feel weird. And we've been taught that that's a problem. It's actually a gift, but we need to know that, right? I also wanted to say too about the invitation thing. If someone's following you on Facebook or on Instagram or wherever it is that you share yourself, you've been invited. Mm -hmm. If someone is following you and is in your world, you've already been invited. Just share. If you're a projector, just share. The invitation is when someone DMs you and says, I really resonated with this. How do I work with you? Or I really resonated with this. Do you have a link where I can learn more? That's your invitation. It's Mm -hmm. already happened. Just share. Like, I really think there's such a fine line between using this and human design, I mean, and letting it be another way that we self-sabotage. Do you know yep. what I mean? We're like, yeah, but, <laughs> but, but, I, but I have emotional authority and so I can't do that today. Like you really, this really walking this line is a incredible journey of radical self-actualization. You are the only one that can tell you if you're utilizing it or if you're abusing it. You are the only one that can tell you and you have to make that call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that because like you said, I think people use that as an excuse not to take action and- yeah, for sure. They do utilize it to self-sabotage. And I think that's why it's so important for me to be having conversations with so many different women who do human design, because it's really neat to see different perspectives. And like, I know for myself, that's been one of the biggest struggles as a projector is that being invited part, like how do, and like, because we go down the rabbit hole of, 
you know, there's something wrong with me. And like, I can't do this because they said I have to be invited. Whereas you look back at all the success that you've had and it's like, okay, but what were you doing then? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The invitation thing too, I kind of want to demystify it a little bit because again, it's really elegant. So we were talking about before about how pointed and effective projector energy is. Like when you have been when you have received that invitation and someone says, Brittany, I want what you have. Like, I want you to guide me. I'm really, I'm really open to receiving your vision and your perspective. You projectors have this ability. It's like a needle point. You can pinpoint exactly what it is that that person needs to kind of puncture or shift to get to their next level. If someone isn't willing to hear that, it doesn't matter how right you are, they're going to shut down just purely from an energetic perspective. It really takes agreement on both sides. Like I, one of my best friends is a projector. And when I, I make sure when I ask her perspective and her opinion on something, I am ready to receive what I maybe don't want to hear. She is always right always because she can see things that I can't, right? She has a vantage point that I don't have. And that's a gift. But I know if I'm tender about something, if my ego is so loud about a topic, I don't ask her because I'm not ready to hear what she has to say. That's not about her validity. And it's not about mine. It's just about knowing when you're in the right energetic place. So for any projector who feels like I'm not getting invited, who feels like they're not really seeing that the level of invitation they want to have, I want you to know, like, it's not a reflection on your validity. It is not a reflection on how much or how good of something it is that you have to share. People have to be ready to really receive your energy because it's so powerful. If someone is still committed to being in their safe place and in their comfort zone, they're going to, they're going to push what you have to say away. And that's not because you're wrong. It's the opposite. It's because you're right, but they're just not ready to receive it yet. You think it's also, um, you know, because projectors do try to be like other people where, you know, they're, they're afraid to share too much because they need to be invited And so they're not really owning their true selves and that in order for them to own themselves. And like we said, with even my own business is like really own what it is they do and know like, this is, this is what I'm here to do. Um, And like I always say to my clients, I'm like, please just block out the noise. Like stop trying to be like everyone on the internet. Like if you want to be you know, untouchable in your industry, you have to stop being trying to be like other people and stop trying to be a watered down version of everyone else. Exactly that. Exactly that. I think that's the only reason that we experience oversaturation in our industry because people are a hundred people are trying to be like three. A hundred people are trying to pick up three different people's strategies or way of being when each of us is coded to be successful in our own completely unique way. But you have to be brave enough to try that. There's no way around it. They're like, trust me, y'all, I have looked. (laughs) There's no way around that process. (laughs) What if you made 2023 the year that you went all in on you? The year that you made the decision to take your business seriously and stop at nothing to make your dreams your reality. It's time to master yourself and create even more freedom in your business and life by harnessing the power of human design energetics in business. Join Katie Carlson and I on the journey as together we help you create even more abundance, time, magic, and money. 
freedom in your energy, freedom in your offers, freedom in your sales, freedom in your business. You may be someone who is just starting out and you are looking to do things the right way from the start as you launch your new program or offer. Or maybe you've been at it a while and you know what you have to offer would completely change someone's life, but you can't seem to find those ready-to-buy clients that everyone speaks about. The answer is simple. No one has met you where you are at and you need someone to help you put all the pieces together in a way that brings you success. The Freedom Program is all about you creating a solid foundation for your business. When you go through our process, you will be building an audience of aligned buyers who cannot wait to buy your next thing. You've been sold before on the dream of financial success, but you feel you haven't had any true support to go through the finish line. And trust me, we get it. We are here to support you and hold your hand through the finish line, creating your offers, designing your signature system, align your energy type, profile, and design, and create consistency in your business that grows your income. We are here to help you create the freedom you dream of with even more abundance, time, magic, and money that you deserve. To join us on the journey to freedom, head to the link in the description to learn more. And so, you know, when it comes to, like, what is the big things that projectors really do need to know about themselves? Your social energy, your social kind of like, um, what's the word? Your sort of quota day to day is very different than everyone else's. Your outward energy moves very differently than everyone else's. So a generator, for example, if they're lit up about what they're doing, they could go, go, go for 10 hours a day and still be lit up at the end. Your energy is not that way. And again, it is not a weakness. That's only a weakness if you're trying to be a generator, which you are not. You do not need that to be successful. If I could get, if I could kind of offer anything as an overview of this conversation. It's that everything you have is within you. Nothing in your chart is a limitation. Nothing. There are so many people that are talking about human design as if you need to overcome something, you need to fix something, there's something missing. And that's just not true. If that's the way it's been offered to you, come talk to me (laughs) because (laughs) it's not true. So really knowing that that outward energy is very specific for you each day. It's really a couple of hours for most projectors that might fluctuate up and down depending on the definition in your chart and what it is you're doing. But for most projectors, it's a couple of hours of outward energy a day. And so what that means is use it on things that matter to you. Use that outward energy on things that matter to you. If you are, let's say you are a consultant and you have four meetings in a day, split them up however feels best to you so that you have a break in the middle to go take a bath or take a nap or walk outside or whatever you need to do to regenerate that energy. Don't force yourself to do them all at once if you feel exhausted at the end of that process. It's regenerative. Your energy is regenerative, but it needs to be taken care of. Like it needs you to nurture it. It's a very... um like social energy for projectors is very, I think, I think of it as very maternal. Like it really needs you to nurture it so that it feels safe to come forward. And that when you do open it up and let it be out, it is powerful. It is powerful at the level that it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I always find that interesting when people talk about the 
energetic side of things. Cause I know for myself, I, I am a go, go, go person, but also in the sense of like internal, like, you know, when it comes mm-hmm. to other people, I can only talk to other, like, I, I mean, you've probably experienced this with me. I fucking suck at my DMS. Like it doesn't <laughs> matter how many times I try to be like, I am going to do this. Like this is going to happen. And I look at them and I'm just like, this is going to take me so much energy to like do these DMs because I am someone who it's like, I want to have personalized conversations with people. So I do struggle with like something like that. Whereas when it comes to my creative process, like, I mean, I can be locked in a room and do it for hours and not be tired. You know, I'm, and so for me, it's like, that's one of the things I do. I do know now as like I'm further along in my business, it has become more of a, I don't want to say work, but more of like, you know, the work side of things. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm bringing in back my hobbies of painting, playing piano and that kind of thing. But when I first started my business, like I was just like, I love this so much. And I mean, I still love my business, but it's like now I'm starting to create, you know, move back into the hobbies things. But um, I am seeing a lot of projectors out there and I just did a post on this of, you know, being annoyed, like with coaches who are saying, oh, you only need to work two hours a day, but they're not saying like, oh, but you have a team and, you know, it's almost giving women the false, false, you know, narrative of like, oh, well, you don't have to work hard to be in business. You can show up for like, you know, a couple hours and then peace out and I'm like, no, you're like, you're still building a business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's still a piece to this. And so, you know, because I find with myself as a projector, I do have that like energetic drive. Um, is that because I don't consider it work on the creative side of things? Like, where does that come in for projectors? So each energy type has kind of its own flavor of burnout. And for projectors, it's when you're hiding. So this can be in work. This can be in friendships. This can be in in romantic relationships. Anywhere where you feel like you have to be somewhere, someone other than yourself, your energy is going to drain at a rapid rate. And the alternative happens too. When you are truly you in every area of your life, your energy regenerates. You have access to more and more and more because none of it is being leaked or lost in trying to hold up the mask, right? So Mm -hmm. if you are so in love with what it is you're doing as a projector, it's just your natural energy that's moving forward constantly, moving forward constantly. There's no obstructions in it. There's no moments where it's leaking or coming out. Of course, we all have our off days. But if you are not wearing a mask in your job, in your work, in your business, you're going to have more energy. But even still, as you said, it's very much about the outward, like person to person, the social, rather than the doing. Because you guys just kind of can't help yourself. Like you're just projecting. That's where the name comes from, right? You project into other people's auras to really sense what's there. And then you kind of bring that energy back up onto the, onto, again, the bird on the wire image and sort of figure it out. And then you offer your genius. That's happening all the time for you when you're talking and work and engaging with other people. But if it's just you in a room doing what you love, your energy is regenerating. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I love that you say that because- I think people 
hearing about being a projector and then it's, you know, it is, oh, well, I'm only supposed to work like two to four hours a day. And it's like, yeah. And like, they think that there's something wrong with them Mm. if they're working more. And so I know even for myself, when, whenever I heard that in my chart, I'm like, but that's not who I am, you know, Mm. when, but yet, like I said, with the, um, with the DMS, like, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because I do find like I, I, you know, I like there's more thought there versus just natural flow. Yes. Yes. I would say for anyone that's working with this at the beginning stages of their of their journey with human design, if something is working for you in your life and in your energy, you don't need to start pulling it apart. Like I really think the value of this system is we shouldn't have to move backwards because we should just be born into a world where we're allowed to be who we are, but that's not where we live right now. So for this system, I think it's really most helpful to work backwards with it if something isn't working in your life. So like for you, you read about being a projector and you're like, but I'm good. Like I can go as long as I want to go. So that's perfect. Don't pull it apart. Right. This is really something that's super helpful for you. If you're like at the end of the day, every day, and you're like, why am I so exhausted? Why do I feel so burnt out? That's when we really can start going into the chart and looking at things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know for myself, the only, the the only frustration that I get right now is like getting in that flow of things. And then my daughter's like, just kidding. Like, good morning. (laughs) And it's like 3 (laughs) a.m. And I'm like holding her, like trying to work on my computer. I'm like, this is not conducive. (laughs) It is so amazing when other beings start, start being in the picture, right? When we have other energies around us impacting how our own energy is moving through us. It's fascinating. Especially as projectors, because I'm a projector and so is my boyfriend. And so Mm. it's like, we're both projectors who have kind of been like, you know, doing our thing through life. And then all of a sudden you have this like little generator come in and she's like, Hey, (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I had a client once who was a projector. I did a a, like relationship chart reading for her and her son. She was a projector, a super sensitive projector that had like really quite a lot of energetics. This was a a lifetime that was kind of um, really marked by by personal reclamation for her. She had a lot of healing on the energy side and her son was one of the most defined manifesting generators I have ever seen. So I pulled their charts up side by side and I was like, wow, if this is not the universe teaching you that you're safe in any energy type, I don't know what is. (laughs) It was really amazing to see because I really do believe that. I really believe with parents and children and also with um, any, any, any relationship that we actively choose. And I actually believe that parents and children choose each other. I think it's all connected, right? Like we're all part of a collective that's here for the same purpose of evolution. So if you are the kind of person that like, there's just so many elements to it. If there's something within you that needs to be activated, but you sort of can't find that peace within yourself, I truly believe that people that have that peace will show up in our world. Like, we're activating and expanding each other all of the time. And we're just doing it in different ways, depending on what we naturally have access to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love all of this, because I think it's teaching me so much right now as to, like you said, we need to trust ourselves. And that's when yes. we move forward. 
Um, cause I am very intuitive and it is like in the past, not so much anymore, but it's like, I question those things. I'm like, mm. are those thoughts that are coming through? Like, is that paranoia? Is that like jealousy? Like, what is this? And it's like, no, honey. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is real. You are sensing that energy coming from somebody. Yes. Um, and I know someone said to me recently regarding my chart, she's, she did say like a lot of the energy and I don't know how this is, but she said a lot of the energy that comes through me is often not my, like my thoughts. I don't know if you see that in my oh, yeah. chart. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, anyone that's got, so your open centers and that's any center that's white. When you're looking at your chart, it's not colored in these the energy, the center, of course, is yours. It's in your body. But when it's open, when it's not defined, it really functions more like an awareness center than a consistent output center. So anywhere that's open is where you're going to feel other people first, and then you decide what you do with that energy that's now in your body. So even as we were talking, I was thinking, if your daughter is a generator, that means her sacral is defined which means if she's in her sweet little bouncy thing and her sa- her little sacral is on and she's having a great time, if you're around her, you're picking up that energy. You can literally ride the wave of her sacral when you're around her if you want to. The key for working with your open centers is remembering to release that energy when you're done with it. That is the number one thing I think that leads to burnout for projectors because you guys are so sensitive, regardless of your openness and your de- your definition, you have to remember to let go of the energy after you've been in someone's aura, especially in a coach-client relationship, in a partner-partner relationship, in a parent-child relationship. Y'all can pick things up at the grocery store even. Like even just someone walking by, you might pick something up. But if you're really in someone's aura, it is really important for you as a projector, anyone with open centers, but projectors especially, to wring that energy out at the end of the interaction. It is not yours to take home with you. If you want to, if it serves you, great. Ride that wave, but most hold on to it for too long. Long and then they feel bogged down. Mm-hmm. And I can totally relate to that. I'm thinking of like two instances. One time um, I was getting my daughter ready to go somewhere and I couldn't find my phone. And it, she's like, all of a sudden just crying. And I'm just like, please stop. Like, please stop. <laughs> like, and I'm, like, I am very, very mindful of my energy around her. Um, I'm very mindful of like anything I say. Like if someone says something like to her, I'm just like, please don't say that. Like, I don't need her little subconscious mind. Like I'm very, very aware of that kind of things. Maybe it's because I'm a projector. Um, But, you know, even yesterday I was talking to a loved one on the phone. I was rushing because I was trying to get out the door to go Christmas shopping. And all of a sudden this person I'm on the phone with, I'm like, like, I'm just finding like my energy is like going off of theirs and like, and what they were saying was just really frustrating me. And I'm just mm. like, Hey, like I have to go and I get in my vehicle and I could just feel like I did not release that energy. It's just like, I was like, yeah, at such a high of just like, why am I so annoyed right now? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So common, so common. Um, 
And it's such such beautiful awareness that like you knew where it came from, right? Because for most people, before they really have a sense of this, that energy sits in their system and just creates that frustration. And then it like kind of rots in there. And then they wonder why they're having a horrible week, a horrible month, a horrible year. Like energetic hygiene is a huge piece of working with your chart as well, of knowing where you're prone to taking things in from others and just working with it in an intentional way. And so because projectors do take in so much of other people's energy, um, how do they ring that out? And how do they really hold that vibe when um, when it's like someone else is bringing them down and they're like trying to, you know, keep that energy out? I know for myself, when I first started my business, it was like people thinking I'm crazy. You know, they're mm-hmm. like, I can't believe this. And so I know for myself, it was very much holding that vibration of, and I always say to my clients, like, I'm here to help you give your vision birth when nobody else believes in you because yes. I've been there. I've experienced it where, you know, when people didn't believe in me, it was like, I had to hold the vibration, but that is something. And I, I I'm sure that's a projector thing is that it's even more difficult to, how do I block out the energy and how, when, I mean, probably anyone who has the open centers, right? Yes, which almost everyone does. In the hundreds of charts that I've seen, I've worked with one person who had every single center defined. I didn't even know that was possible. Like it (laughs) blew my mind. So this conversation is applicable for everyone, projector or not. So I think it's two pieces, just on a purely kind of mechanical perspective. I like to think about the open centers. If we're talking about boundaries and kind of holding too much energy, think about it like a sponge. So a sponge is dry by itself. There's nothing in it. It's just this crusty thing, whatever. <laughs> I, should, <laughs> I shouldn't compare it to that. Your energy it's centers nice are not soft. Crusty. It's soft. <laughs> <laughs> so this very soft, luscious sponge is all by itself. It's dry. <laughs> so it go, you clean up the counter, right? There's a spill on the counter and you clean it up. And then you let the sponge sit. You forget to wring it out. Well, it's going to get nasty. It's going to get gunky. It's going to be it's, it's soggy. <laughs> Now it's crusty. <laughs> now it's crusty. <laughs> so think about wringing it out. So when you come out of an interaction with someone, I think this is so, I don't know when this is going to go live, but I'm thinking about the holidays. Like if you are around people that really get in your energy and get in your aura, when you step out of the interaction, literally think about your energy body like you're wringing out a sponge. Like take a scan. What is not mine? What did I pick up that isn't mine? And just wring it out and have no more attachment to it than you would wringing water out of a sponge. Mastery of your open centers is when instead of like sponges, they're like screen doors. The wind blows through, the weather blows through, you feel it, you notice it, oh, there's a wind and there it goes. You feel it. You can't turn off your sensitivity and your open centers, but you can turn, you can adjust how much you're really taking in and holding right? Mm -hmm. I think it's also really helpful to know which specific ones you have open and what they're governing. So for you, as I was listening to you share that story just now about people not believing in you when you were starting your business, there's two places where that could really be showing up. Your spleen is open and well, it's undefined and the spleen is the center of instincts. And for someone who is totally in their body and in their power, this is going to be really strong, intuitive instinct. But for most of us, this becomes fear. 
we have overused our, we have underused really our trust system. And so this center that's meant to be a place of intuition becomes a place of anxiety. So this is the fear center for most people. And if you have that undefined, you're going to feel the fears of those around you. And if you don't have that hygiene process of wringing out the sponge, they're going to feel like they're yours. They're going to start to stick to you. It's almost like Velcro, like things just kind of get stuck all over the system. Yeah, I find that interesting because I mean, even for myself, as I've become more like aware of my energy and that kind of thing is I can't and I've said this to myself, this isn't mine. Like this, this Mm -hmm. shit right here. It's like, this isn't mine. And, you know, it's funny with you say um, the spleen as well. Like for myself, like I know I'm very much like um, I do money block removals with people through my abundance codes program. And like, I'll say like, feel your body, like ask yourself, where's my money block? Put your hands there. And for me, it's always like, you know, in Mm. that sacral spleen area that I'm like, this is where I hold the shit. Yes. Yes. And it isn't yours. Mm -hmm. It isn't yours. Those places, the open centers, they're kind of, like I said, the screen door. It's also think about it sometimes like a clear glass of water. So throughout our lives, things get dropped into the water drops of food coloring, little pebbles, like things just get put in there that aren't meant to be there, right? But your natural state in those places is just clarity. It's neutrality, it's clarity, it's stillness, it's ease. So if you're feeling those vibrations, I love how you said that, like find it in your body. Uh, I think that's a common place where a lot of people would find it in the sacral center. Also, um, we have a, most of the energy centers are based on the chakras, but there's a couple extra ones in human design. And another one that most people have undefined, it's called the ego center. It's also called the heart, but um, it's kind of the, it's the center of motivation, but very much from a place of the self. Most people have this undefined, which means our sense of motivation is meant to be fluid, but we're taught it's supposed to be consistent all the time. So that's probably also a place where people pick up a lot of energy. I know I do. That center is completely open for me. And I have to be really mindful of that when I'm on social media, because it's really easy for me to pick up too much through that center. And then suddenly I hear myself saying, you're not doing enough. And that's when I'm like, oh, I've picked up things that aren't mine in my ego center. Time to ring it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And so what about, you know, with the projectors, the different kinds of projectors, how does that manifest into the way people show up? Because obviously, yeah, there's sacral, but how does it relate to a projector themselves? Yeah. So what, what Brittany's asking about is um, you'll see sometimes like another word before projector. So for Brittany, it's self-projected. You might see mental projector, splenic projector. These are your authority. So the authority is basically which energy center is the home of your decision-making mechanism, of your intuition, of your inner voice. I do inner voice work as well, which is getting people down into the body, kind of beyond the mind and really literally opening a dialogue between themselves and their intuition. And so I think about the authority as the home. It's the house where that voice lives. So it's only going to be those splenic uh, self-projected and mental. Yeah. It's only those three for projectors. If you have, is it four? Emotional. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Emotional. Yes, yes, yes. If you have a defined sacral, you're automatically a generator or an MG. So it would be one of those four for projectors, emotional, which is the solar plexus, splenic, obviously the spleen self-projected, which is the G center. It's that kind of diamond shaped one in the middle and then mental projector, which is the Ajna or the third eye. So 
your energy, as we've been kind of talking about before, your kind of role here, your beautiful role here in the collective is to help people tweak, right? You have this incredible bird's eye view and you help people tweak. Your authority is very much for you. It's where you go within your own body to make decisions. And so each of these authority just kind of has different flavors for how they like to do that. So for you, for self-projected projectors, self-projected and splenic, I think are the most common ones. For self-projected, it's called sounding board authority. How you will make your clearest decisions is by having someone around you that you can talk things out with. And through that process, you come to your clarity. However, it is radically important that the person that you're doing that with is willing to hold space for your highest self. If you are having those conversations with someone that is more calibrated to their fear than their belief in you, that will impact the way you have those dialogues. So that's really important. I like how you said when you work with clients, you tell them like, I'm the one that holds the vision for your big, I'm the one that holds the space for your big vision. I believe in you when no one else does. When I work with self-projected projectors, it's the same. I am the place where you can come soundboard and I will never doubt whatever it is you're bringing into this space. That is really, really important for self-projected projectors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I know like for myself, I always say like, tell me what you want. Let's do it. You know, yes. but it like block out the noise as to what everyone else is doing. It's not about what they want. And you're looking at their shiny object. It's like, like some people like love to travel the world and you think that you need to travel the world because everyone else is doing it, but you hate traveling. You don't even like getting on a plane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so why are we helping you do that? And like, I know for myself, like one of the biggest things with my clients that we do first, our very first call is we do, it's a few parts. We look at their, you know, them from five years from now, we look at, um, you know, their, their fears around, you know, cause I always ask the, them the question of like, okay, so what, what came up for you as to like the how, <laughs> and you know, it's like, <laughs> this sounds really exciting with the five years from now, but like, how do I do it? And it's like, okay, yes. so now we're going to take that limiting belief. Let's go find where that first came up for you. And I get them like in that very first call to like walk, like with their five years from now, their one year from now and their um, like their inner child and we mm. get them all like working together and walking together. And I mean, it's a long call, but I, it's one of my favorite ones to do. And yeah. I know, I know when people start working with me, they just want to like jump into everything. And I'm like, but if you have zero clear vision as to where you're going, like we're like on our way to New York with like no GPS and like, buddy, like for me, I'm like, I'm in Canada. Like you're not finding New York. <laughs> I love that so much. I looking at your chart as you're talking about this, like the way that you do that is perfectly expressed from your chart. So yourself, you have your G center defined, that's your authority, right? But the G center is really about self-identity. The G center is like the place where the soul, like the, the infinite essence of you steps forward into the humanness. And so for you to call forward different versions of your clients, and then you 
use your open awareness in the splenic center, in the center of fear, you use your awareness to say, okay, where is their fear around those stories? Like that's such a beautiful blend of these two spaces where you have specific definition. That's what I'm talking about. Like you did that, Brittany, without even knowing that that was in your chart. Like Mm -hmm. we you are already your chart. Everyone is already your chart. It's just about deconditioning the belief that it could actually just be that simple. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I mean, you know, I think some of us think that we need, we, like we said, we need that outside validation. So we're taking course after course after course. When in reality, it's like, you have that all within you. Cause I know from myself, like with that, um, that's just something I was naturally doing with my clients. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, that's inner child work and that's shadow work and that's this. And I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that That's neat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's like really being able to like, yeah, if you want to learn more and advance your skills, but being okay with like, like you said, trusting yourself as to you already you already know how to help people. And it's like, yes, if you want to help them further, like, of course, go take more courses. But one thing I do notice, especially with people in the online world is they get trapped in courses because they feel like they don't know enough. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yep, absolutely. And there's places also in the chart to look out for that. I think that's very common for projectors. It's also really common for six twos. That's a profile line. This can happen to anyone, right? Like that we all do this for different reasons, but projectors, again, remember I said each energy type has a kind of karma. They're here to balance within themselves. And for projectors, it's trusting myself, trusting my vision. And so you come into this life completely trusting yourself and then are convinced out of it. You're conditioned out of it. And so we tend, projectors tend to look outside of themselves for that validation, that reflective validation, but it's within you. Same with six twos. Six twos have just this like ability to learn by osmosis. Like if they really, if something really matters to them and they are and they are around it or they're engaging with it or they're introduced to it, they soak it up incredibly quickly. But that's not the way society has decided knowledge is valid. And so they doubt themselves. They already know. Six twos already know, but they still go take the course because they feel like they have to prove they know it. But they knew it before they even enrolled in the course. So it's really interesting to see how that manifests in different places. But yeah, I think you're so right. There's so much... So much energy gets lost in education because you're trying to prove you're allowed to know what you know. Mm -hmm. I have a question that came through that. um, Okay. So with women, like, especially like I'm thinking corporate, I don't work with, I mean, I work with women in corporate in the sense that they could be working on a coaching business, but this Mm -hmm. is something I was just talking to my client about the other day. Um, because she's working with women in corporate, really owning themselves. And so when I'm, I think of projectors, because they're, they need to be invited. How does a projector walk into the room, captivate a room and like having people like, you know, them being so, I guess I'm probably answering this myself, like through their confidence, (laughs) Um, but really being able to you know, a pin drop, they could hear a pin drop because everyone's like hanging on their every word. Because I know for myself, like there's the odd time I've been able to do that, which I mean, here's the thing is 
with my own clients, like they can tell, like when I get fired up about something, they're just like, Brittany's on fire. But, um, (laughs) but I do find, you know, with people on my outside world who like aren't in the coaching industry, I can be talking about something. And it's just like, have you ever had someone where you're like in a conversation with them? And it's just like, they like divert over to the side and you're like, am I not interesting? Like what the fuck was that? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And so how can we as like projectors, because that like being invited piece, like how do we navigate through that so that we can be that person who, when we walk into a room, we are captivating versus feeling like, because it, it does, like, in my opinion, like, even for myself, like, it affects, you start questioning yourself and you're like, oh, like, was I not interesting? Was, like, did I offend them? Like, or whatever it is that you end up feeling like, I mean, like we said, you don't belong. Mm, yeah. It, I can feel the, the frustration and the projector that hears this and is like, that's too simple, but it's true. It is really about self-trust. It is really about self-vision. Do I see myself as captivating? Do I know in my body, regardless of how anyone else responds to me, that what I have to say is freaking cool? Would I show up for my own talk, right? You have to embody that energy. This is true for everyone, but for projectors especially, really, I think it's for everyone actually. I'm not even gonna put in especially there. Your magnetism unfolds from you being so down with you that you don't actually need anyone else to be down with you too. They will be. Trust, like trust me when your magnetism is that big, everyone else, maybe not everyone else, but your people will be down with you too. But it really comes from not needing that showing up in such confidence and such excitement and alignment about whatever it is you're sharing that whoever is meant to be with you will step forward. I'm thinking of a client of mine right now who's a projector. Something like this came up a couple months ago when we were working together. She's a digital archivist and she got invited to give a talk about that, and which is an invitation, right? But it's one invitation. And she's like, okay, but like one person invited me, but what if no one else in the group is interested in what I have to say? Like she felt like it was kind of a space that wasn't necessarily like for her specialty so she felt this 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 fear of like what if no one else cares and so we coached through it and I was like just go like you get excited get excited about what it is you're offering have so much fun in your preparation that you're just excited to go deliver this really cool thing that you've come up with and she did she gave herself permission to do that and then she got another invitation from the crowd somebody else wanted to bring her on to consult for a project so that's an example she didn't know before going into that room yes she had an invitation but she didn't know before going into that room if people would be into what she was saying i remember her saying that to me on the call she's like I don't even know if they're into this. I have no idea. And I'm like, but you have to be so into it that the people that are recognize you. Because again, it's about masks for for projectors. If you're pretending you're not into something you're really into, the people that are looking for you can't find you. And so like, what would be the first things they need to do to really create that alignment for themselves to really step into that confidence and self-trust? Hmm. Choose something like ask yourself the question of like, am I pursuing something that really matters to me? That's the first one, right? You can't 
trick yourself into wanting something. You can't trick yourself into liking something. It's really got to be genuine. Your desire has to really be there for whatever the thing is, whether that's a friendship or a business or an art, a piece of art you're making. Like you really need to be on your own team about it. And then if you are, I think it just comes with practice. And what I mean by practice is fully doing it without needing the results to validate your action. You do that enough times and show yourself that you're not going to die from doing it your confidence grows, <laughs> right? Like it sounds dramatic, but like at the beginning, your nervous system says that to you, your nervous system, your mind is like, you're going to die. If you make that post, you're going to die. A lightning, a lightning bolt is going to come out of the sky and kill you. And you're going to die. <laughs> and everyone's going to be so mean to you. Yes. Yes. Everyone's going to hate you. Everyone's going to know they have nothing to say and blah, blah, blah. Like every human mind does that. And it's about not giving that voice the microphone. Find mm -hmm. the voice of your soul within you and give that voice the microphone instead. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And so, you know, I mean, because of course, like I know I'm a projector. I know I'm a self-projected, two, four, blah, blah, blah. Um, but what, like, what is stuff that we haven't even talked about that like projectors need to know about themselves? Ooh, I love that question. Hmm. Hmm. You're not for everyone and that's by design. I think a lot of times rejection for people that tends to be, we tend to create that as evidence that something is wrong. But again, remember that math we talked about before? 60, well, actually, I don't think I gave the numbers of anyone but manifestors. So manifestors are about 9%. Generators and MGs are about 66 Um projectors are about 20 and reflectors are about 1% of the population. So by pure math, <laughs> you are not for everyone, right? It's <laughs> by design. It's by design. But if you're not, I feel like maybe this is going to going back into what we were just talking about, but I think it's, I really think it's worth repeating. And then I'm going to tune in again and see if there's something we haven't even tapped into yet. If you're not really being honest about what the thing is that you're here to do, what the thing is that you're here to tweak, the people that are looking for you will miss you every time. It is really, really, really down to that. But okay, what have we not talked about yet with projectors? I feel like people know the, I think people know the the not self theme and the signature, like these kind of like internal, um, I think about them as like uh, when you take a little kid bowling and they've got the bumpers on the lane, we have these like internal mechanisms that let us know when we're out of alignment. But I feel like people know that about their energy type. Do you think people know that? Do you know yours? I don't know if I do. Maybe okay, I do. Once right, you say it, I'll probably be like, yes, I know that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Bitter, uh, bitterness and success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I feel like where we've gone is the meat for the general pieces of projectors, right? Because we start to get to a point where things start to get really personalized. Because if you're looking at your chart, you've got nine energy centers in different combinations of definition or not definition. And you have, <laughs> everyone has different amounts, but somewhere around 20 to 40, 20 to 30 gates defined in different places with different planet activations and different line activations. So it starts to get really, really specific beyond that. I really feel like we touched on all of the meat for the general pieces of projector, projector energy. That's awesome. 
Um, and so what is the one, I do have two questions for you. The first one being, what is the one piece of advice that you would give a projector who's listening to this right now? Mm. <laughs> no matter how weird <laughs> your mind is telling you it is, or someone outside of you is telling you it is, no matter how weird you think your vision is, it is exactly what someone is looking for. There are no accidents in our desires. There are no accidents in projector vision. If you have a vision for how something could be better, you have that in your body because someone in the collective is asking for it. The nervous system, excuse me, the immune system in our body, unless there's something off, like if there's disease, of course, that's different. But in a healthy body, the nervous system, Again, I did it again. The immune system mm -hmm. does not respond unless there's a need, right? If there's an intruder in the body, if there's a microbe in the body that's not supposed to be there, then the immune system goes. It's the same. If you have a vision, if you have something that you see that the world could be improved, tweaked, elevated in some way, there are, there are people out there asking for that. That's beautiful. Yeah, because... I mean, I know I'm so weird, so <laughs> I just decided to own it. Like it was, you know, because um, I'm into crystals and stuff. But I always say, like, you use crystals once you have clarity. You like, yes. there's so many people out there. Like, I see them using, like, trying to use tarot cards, and they're like trying to use um, crystals and that kind of thing, and they're like hoping to get answers and it's like you don't even know what you want and you're asking for like yes. <laughs> what yes uh, and that's like you know going to a restaurant and someone being like what would you like to drink I'm it's like I don't know <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I would like a drink <laughs> like, <laughs> that. Um, or maybe not even knowing that they want to drink and you know whatever but um and then the other question I was going to ask you which is, this is based on my chart because uh, I've wondered this and I'm just seeing because we have it pulled up with an incarnation cross, which I know we're not talking about those right now, but what does, because I mean, there's so many that I've like yes. looked up. What does the right angle cross of rulership? Do you know? Is that, not that one by name? No? Yeah, no, not that one by name, but what you're looking at when you're looking at the incarnation cross. So all of them will have a name like that, and then they will have four numbers next to it. What you're looking at there is your conscious sun and earth and your unconscious sun and earth. So the top two gates on both sides of your chart, this okay. is the soul journey in this life. That's what we're talking about when we talk about incarnation cross. So each placement has a kind of theme, a kind of part of the journey that's about coming home to the self. So the sun is the kind of, of this, like, it's the purpose. It's like the theme, the overarching theme of your chart. It is what you are here to do in a big way, either for yourself or for the collective, depending on other elements of your chart. The second one is going to be your biggest lesson, your biggest challenge. So that conscious earth is like the spicy place in the chart. That is where the shadow gets loud. But if you move through the shadow lessons, you have access to the things on the other side, which are the radiance. It's kind of this awakening in yourselves and then what you're here to do as a result of that whole journey together. So this unfolds over people's lives in different times, depending on how 
frankly, like how willing they are to walk the path, right? If you have the same shadow lesson coming up over and over and over again, you're going to halt your incarnation cross. But if you're walking through your initiations and really moving with this process, it is a journey that we walk consciously throughout this life. It's interesting. I'll have to look mine up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do. Definitely. That's awesome. So other than that, um, how can people find you? How can they work with you? Yeah. So I'm at the Aura Lab, the Auralab.co. You can find me by the same name. Actually, that's not my name on socials, but if you look up the Auralab.co, you can find everything. I'm also launching a podcast early 2023 um, by the same name. And we're going to go into human design, of course, in that area. I shift the way I work with people with human design. Sometimes I offer one-on-one readings. Sometimes I do group programs. Sometimes there's other little mini things, but there's always something if you want to get into this conversation and really get into how to actually use your chart. We talked about that at the beginning. Like my mission is to help people look at this and then know how to utilize it, really know how to tap in and and be agents in the quality of their own life. So the oralab.co is where you can find all of it. That's awesome. And do you have any like free resources for people to tap into? Or do you ever do any like sort of masterclasses that people can like watch out for? Yes. Lately, the ones I've been doing have been more about inner voice than human design. But absolutely, by the time this comes out, there will be something there. Yeah. Because um, yeah, there needs to be a really juicy landing spot for people to kind of begin this journey and start to get excited about what's within their chart. That's awesome. So I'll make sure that I will grab that link from you, even if it's already been launched. Um, The podcast, we can always go in and drop it into the description after. Um, So that's perfect. Um, Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, Make sure you guys listen out for the episode where we're going to go deep dive into the 2027, um, you know, with the conversation around that. And other than that, for everyone out there listening, make sure you go out there and you make life your bitch. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with your bestie. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, feedback, or compliments that you want to throw like confetti, you can reach me directly at podcast at makelifeyourbitch.co. Thanks for listening.